0: welcome to some talk about games i'm your co-host mango and i am your co-host buddy and today we're going to talk a little bit about the blade runner movies but before we do that buddy don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast well on this podcast we talk about
1: games but also movies a lot of movies recently and probably a lot of the movies over the next couple of months because there's a lot of movies coming out you guys yeah. Sorry in advance.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, just to get it out at the top, there will be spoilers in this podcast for both Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049.
1: To give a quick uh, recommendation one way or the other, Blade Runner 2049 is probably going to be the best movie this year. It's probably going to be my favorite movie this year. I highly recommend everyone go see it. And specifically, I'd like to recommend that people go see it in the best quality theater that they possibly can. Uh, the theater nearby me has one like Theater 7. God, this is how much of a nerd I am about this stuff, I guess. Theater 7 is what's called a Dolby, like a, like a Dolby cinema theater um, that uses a different kind of projector and a different kind of sound. Um, and I've actually, you know, funnily enough, it was when we went to go see The Dark Tower that I happened to see it for the first time, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing uh, for The Dark Tower, of all things. Um, and so basically every movie uh, like that's come out since then, I've gone to see in that Dolby theater. Um... Blade Runner 2049 is, uh, like, people call it visually stunning in the same way that we call lots of things visually stunning, but I really want to, like, hammer that home that this movie is beautiful, and it looks amazing. And so do yourself a favor uh, by trying to see it in the best quality, you know, environment that you, that you possibly can.
0: Uh, on, on top of that, another thing that can't be understated is that the, the sound design is excellent, and I, I think you're going to lose a lot if you hear it on regular speakers and not on, like, theater-grade quality speakers, so yes, for definitely. similar reasons. I
1: absolutely agree with that.
0: Make sure you see it in a theater with good sound, too, which I think I think the Dolby Theaters are also, like, big sound things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dolby Theater near me also has reclining chairs, which is great. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, do that. But, you know, Cat's out of the bag. Obviously, we both like this movie a lot. Uh, um, hmm. So, so uh, where do we want to start with this?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, so, tell me a little bit about your history. Like, what's what's your history with Blade Runner, uh, like, the original?
0: All right. So, I, I watched the Final Cut maybe a year or two ago for the first time. Um, then I watched it again before I watched it. Like, right before we watched uh, this movie. And then oh, yeah. I went and watched this movie. Um, and I think... I think that I think the movies are pretty great um, I, I I don't know how you feel about the first one but um, I think it's good but I, I think I think this, this holds true for both these movies that they're they're good but they, they, like a person's enjoyment of them has to be contingent upon them having like the patience to deal with kind of the style of movie that the original Blade Runner was and that this this new one kind of apes it's 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 slow it's drawn out Um this movie's two hours and 45 minutes long. The old one's what, like two hours long. Um, and there's a lot of kind of like time in there that just kind of for you to soak in the world and kind of to, to, to let, um, kind of things stand and, and kind of simmer. Um, and that, that's very kind of anathema to, to what, um, most modern movies are like. And so, um, if you don't have a lot of patience, I don't think you'd like either of the movies. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of...
1: So were you, like, introduced to Blade Runner by someone?
0: No, I, have of course, heard all of the kind of talk about it, how it's a okay. classic, and I had yeah. heard, of, of course, of the the Deckard being a, uh, a replicant thing uh, multiple times, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just kind of was like, well, I should sit down and watch this because it's it's a classic, and I did and you know what's actually
1: kind of funny is that this is a great venue for me to kind of talk about another one of my, like, another one of these principles that's probably going to come up later uh, in the next couple of episodes. Uh, I think Blade Runner, the first one, is a movie that is more iconic than it is good. Uh, in the sense that, like, the reason that Blade Runner is, is thought of as a good movie, like a quote-unquote good movie, right, um, is because it had such a, gi- like, a giant wave of... From, like, the splash that it made, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, when we think of these kinds of, like, dystopian cyberpunk futures, Blade Runner is the thing that set that look, right? And, like, that is immensely important, just kind of, like, from a historical, like like culture perspective right because Blade Runner is a movie that all these people you know in film school saw and everybody and everybody loved the look of it and the and the design right Ridley Scott was a production designer uh before he was a director so like that kind of attention to detail and that like gummy scummy kind of near future right like I I think all that but like the movie itself actually like yeah like I think it has plenty of problems right and I would say that it it is um it's not something like The Godfather, right? Like, to me, The Godfather is both iconic but also amazing, right? Like, it is just a great – it's just, like, a great film. Blade Runner is a, is a good movie that is elevated above its station because it was doing something that nobody had ever, had ever done before. Um, and it kind of gets excused for some of those faults, I think, in a way, just because, like, it was so novel and unique. But that also means that it's a little bit rough around the edges if that makes sense, right? Which is, I think, you know, like, the slow pacing, right, like, is a piece of that. Um, the fact that, that Deckard and Rachel, um, have just absolutely, like, no chemistry, the fact that their relationship is really rapey, right, you know, um, those, like, these are all problems that kind of, we all just kind of, like, collectively say, well, you know what, it doesn't matter, because Blade Runner was so fucking important, um, when yeah. it comes to how we talk about the movie.
0: I, I, I also think that there's like kind of a level of, of uh, what's commonly become known as, as the Seinfeld effect, kind of w- w- with this kind of principle that you're describing. Yeah, definitely. W- which is, you know, like, the first time you, you, you a, th- a thing gets done, it's, it is very good, but kind of in hindsight it kind of loses some of that luster because things do it so much better. Um, I think kind of to, to counter your point with The Godfather, I don't think anybody's tried to do a, a kind of, like, uh, 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 I what, what what would you say like a, a mobster, kind of epic? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm Wait, not- hold on one second. You don't think people have done mobster epics since The
1: Godfather? Uh, I think there have been plenty. You have you have um, uh, L.A. Confidential is a good one. Uh, you have stuff like Goodfellas, right? Martin Scorsese has like a million of these. Okay, right? that's that's fair. You know, and I think um, uh uh and and, and uh, re- really what i'm trying to separate out a little bit is kind of like the way that we talk jaws is another great example of this uh i think um like it's just it's a movie that is when you view it when like when you kind of view it with today's quality lenses on i do think jaws still holds up right and i think jaws is just like a really good movie from that time okay um, but i but i think that there are a lot of movies that kind of are from that time a lot of movies by the, by the way that are from earlier right like You know, I don't think anybody really goes into, say, Metropolis, right, which is like a 1928 German expressionist film or whatever, and says, This movie is just as good as, you know, fucking, I don't know, man, like Blade Runner 2049, right? You know, movie making as a craft has gotten better over the years. Um, And so it is expected that a lot of these movies that were great at the time, right, and were really pioneering, kind of fall by the wayside as we get better and better about them. Is, I guess, kind of my perspective on some of this stuff. Sure. But I also think that, you know, uh, I also think that the original Blade Runner is, um, uh, like, there's also kind of a weird, like, culture around it because of the final cut and because of Ridley Scott and like the question of whether or not Deckard is or is not a replicant you and you and I have argued about this before actually so, now, have you changed your your position how do you feel about the, the uh, Deckard I, being I, it, a it, question it,
0: it doesn't matter at all like the, the so so the key thing about the key thing about Blade Runner 1 is that Deckard's story doesn't matter pissed for shit like that th- this is kind of i think part of what what kind of like you can point to as like some of the flaws in in the original Blade Runner, is Deckard's story is really kind of, like, inconsequential, and it doesn't really matter. The important part of the story is is the Replicant story, is Roy Batty's story. Um, and that is kind of, like, the thing that kind of, I think it's the thing that, that really elevates the movie and kind of, like, is the best part of the movie. So it doesn't really matter to me if Deckard's a Replicant or not.
1: Interesting, man. I was so ready to fight you about this because this is this is kind of like fanboy, like nerd bait in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, and I used to participate this right. Like I was pretty heavily in the Deckard as a replicant camp until I kind of I guess I rewatched it like maybe last year. I didn't do a rewatch before 2049, uh, but I did. I think I rewatched it last year, and I kind of realized. Um, that the question itself is what's important, not the answer. And so people getting hung up on whether or not he is or is not a replicant, um, are kind of missing the point because this is a movie about kind of ambiguity and blurred lines. Right, right. Um, and so insofar as the question is like, you know, what does it take to be human? Like what, what, what is even being human? Are the replicants human? right they have they have uh more of some of these human traits than the human character you know what i mean like all of those blurred lines kind of say to me that the ambiguity is what's important right the fact that deckard even has to question and that it's a possibility he could go kind of either way is like the the period at the end of the sentence to yeah it's really tough to define these things sort of thing which is the point of which is the point of the film
0: yeah, I, I was I was actually I've been why to say this? This movie's the best Ghost in the Shell movie that came out this year, because um, <laughs> because you know Blade Runner very clearly influenced the Ghost in the Shell the, the original property and and you know yeah. this movie kind of grapples with those same questions but obviously in a much better way than the Ghost in the Shell movie did. Um, all right, so I, I've got a controversial statement for you. I'll I'll, right, I'll, I'll see what you say, see what you think. I think that. Nothing in this new movie in 2049 beats Tears in the Rain. I think Blade Runner 2049 is excellent and superb, but I don't think anything gets to the height of, of Tears in the Rain.
1: Uh, I mean, in or terms of... Or Tears in
0: Rain, not in the Rain. This,
1: t- so, uh, in terms of dialogue, you know what I mean? like Or, like, like an individual moment like that, maybe I agree with you. I think, I so, you know, like... As an overview, I think that Blade Runner 2049 is kind of like Blade Runner, but really, really good. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's the perfect kind of sequel to this kind of property, right? It is both respectful, but also expands. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have that kind of Jurassic World, uh, Star Wars Episode 7 problem of just like rehashing. Yeah. What what's already you know like what we've already seen before kind of thing, right? Like this is a like this is a movie that is following a different plot and a different set of characters in the same world and expands on the that universe, um, kind of thing. Um, and so I think you know, and I and I I also think just kind of like all the other stuff is basically better right like the cinematography is better the editing is better the pacing is better right like people talk about it being like two hours and 45 minutes long but it doesn't feel that long because like the story is compelling and the characters are compelling uh,
0: Uh, and i i'll say it definitely felt that long to me not not that i had a problem with it but it definitely i don't know i felt the length of the movie um i know know, there there were a couple moments when i thought like kind of some of the shots were drawn out a little too like most of it i didn't mind because i thought it was it was it, it worked and it was great, but like um, when the uh, when the memory woman is uh, is 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 examining uh, 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 Kay's memory, right, In, with, with like the weird memory vacuum, whatever the hell that was. Um, it's like a good like twenty seconds of just the camera on Ryan Gosling's face as he sits there, and it's. It like that was the only time that it really got like that it really got to me like I, I almost started laughing just kind of like how much like it was just just the camera on Ryan Gosling like sitting there breathing and looking off camera as as presumably the memory woman examined examined the memory. Um yeah I don't know what to tell you I just didn't have that same experience like I think that there are, you know
1: I and I and I want to draw a certain s- distinction because I think that there are movies that are long and that are supposed to feel long in a way. So, for the the easy example for this is Apocalypse Now, right? Like, Apocalypse Now is an incredibly long movie, and it feels, you know, like it is plotting and kind of an exhausting experience. But that's actually kind of like an aesthetic point and like a choice in a way, because like it mirrors, right? Uh, the progression of the main character, right like Martin Sheen's character as he goes deeper and deeper into the jungle, right. Um, and then you have movies that are just like overly long and you're just kind of just like oh my fucking god right you know um, and um, uh, and, I, and I thought Bl- Blade Runner was not you know like was not either of those. I don't know I, I was I was wrapped I was I was completely uh, I don't know I didn't have any trouble at all with that kind of stuff, I guess.
0: Uh, uh, that's fair. Um. Huh. Oh, well, how do we wanna? On un- oh, so so the the other big thing I kind of wanted to like. Point out that I thought was really smart, or, or was really kind of, great, was that they they, they, they kept, the the f- whether or not Deckard was a replicant, open ended, still like they didn't. I I I kind of assumed that they were gonna have to answer the question. And the fact that they they didn't, I think I think is really kind of great, and really kind of shows like how much appreciate. Like like if you wanted to encapsulate in the moment, how much appreciation it was. It was evident that this guy. I, I don't. I'm sorry. You probably know the director's name. How Denis
1: Villeneuve. Much- he is my favorite director. After this movie, he directed. I've, I've talked about a couple of other movies on the cast before. Sicario, right, uh, which was the best film and my favorite film of 2015. Um, and then in 2013, 14, uh, he made Prisoners, which is also – 2013, I think uh, – which is also a fantastic movie. Last year, he made Arrival, which I bitched about because it wasn't as good as Sicario, and everyone thought it was, like, his best thing.
0: But, yeah, it, it, it's evident how much he – how much respect he had for the original property with, with – like, I, th- I think the fact that he leaves Deckard as – like, Deckard's replicant status is ambiguous is kind of just, like, all of that – appreciation wrapped up in a moment, which is um I thought it was I thought it was pretty great. I I, I thought like the loving care he gave to this universe was super apparent throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean I do think that it was less definitively answered. I thought it was still kind of answered. Um mostly from the moment uh like there's a moment where they uh they pull uh like the Deckard gets captured, right, and he's talking to fucking you know, Jared Leto or whatever, and Jared right. Leto says you know, don't you think that it was a little bit weird that, like, you instantly fell in love with this woman kind of thing? Um, which, to me, seemed to suggest that he, that Jared Leto knew Deckard was a replicant and that, like, they, these were the two, the first two replicants that Tyrell ever designed that would be able to um,
0: well, it, have, a, have, a, have a child. Um, he, he counterpoints it. He says, like, it was almost as if you were designed to fall in love with her. Or were you designed at all? Like th- there's there's a yeah, line which, which directly contradicts. Like 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 I was like oh so they're making a point, but they, they he they made the choice to put in the line that that directly suggests that maybe that's not the case. Um,
1: yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah, I mean it was definitely very open ended. It was more yeah. open ended than I expected.
1: Uh, Ridley Scott produced this movie, uh, and so, you know, like, at the end of the day, it, you know, he's the person. Basically, the story of the original Blade Runner is that Ridley Scott is convinced that Deckard is a replicant, and, like, everybody else yes. says no. You know, like, the writer of the movie says that he's not. Harrison Ford really doesn't doesn't want that to be true kind of thing. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's, Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, to answer your question about the tears in the rain thing, um, I don't know, because, like, it, when it comes to, like, cinematography or whatever, like, I just think that there are some shots in this movie that are probably as good as that dialogue. Um, I, th- that's a that's weird thing to, like... You know what I mean? And I, and I understand how that's kind of comparing apples and oranges, but, like, if the point is the best mo- the best moment in Blade Runner the original is better than all of the moments in Blade Runner 2049, that's, like, kind of too wide a category for me to, like, properly define. I don't think there was any kind of standout dialogue in the, in the same sort of vein as Tears in the Rain, right? Like, I don't think that there's anything kind of as um, eminently quotable, right? Uh, Tears in the Rain really, sh- like, sums up, like... The whole movie, right? It's just, like, all of that movie kind of in one set of lines. Yeah. I guess. Uh, and there's nothing like that when it comes to just, like, the words on the page.
0: Yeah. Uh. Huh. Well, what else? I don't know, there's just so much in, in this movie. Uh, um. Um, so, uh, the
1: other thing I had about it was, did you catch the kind of, like, the red herrings and, like, the plot thread and everything like that? I you know what I mean? Like, I, cause I, cause I saw from the, you know, basically as soon as they were talking about, like, the child, I was like, holy shit, right? God's like, it's gonna be the, the
0: child or whatever, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically I was like... Why are they like why did they just spend 20 minutes confirming the thing that they suggest like basically they were like he might be the child and he's like ah oh, I might be the child and they spent 20 minutes confirming it like why are they spending 20 minutes confirming this and then in retrospect that should have been the tip off to me that it was going to be that like the twist was going to be that he he wasn't the child um and so I didn't hit it but it kind of until it was revealed to me some of the things about it annoyed me in, 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 you understand what I'm saying like, the choices they I made, the choices they made where I was assuming that Ryan Gosling was the kid, I thought were poor choices until they hit to reveal that he's not the child, at which point all of those decisions were retroactively justified. Oh, okay.
1: I, yeah, I, you know, I was, I, it took me a while. Uh, I was actually pretty, I was like, holy shit, he's the kid, that's great, this is great kind of thing. And I was like really on board with it um but then i realized that they were moving through it too quickly and i was like holy shit wait this has to be a red herring you know what i mean we're only like halfway through of the movie and if like the big secret is he's is he's the child there's like kind of quote unquote nothing left to discover really um and i was like well it has to be a red herring but i was like wait how can that you know what i mean like and then i was trying to figure it out and i didn't quite get there before the movie explained itself and then i was just like holy shit this movie is amazing and I was especially, you know, I have to say that the the thing about The Child that, that I think is so great is kind of that uh, it turns Blade Runner 2049 into this, like, deconstruction of, like, our standard kind of movie and hero archetypes. Which is something that is completely outside of, like, the Blade Runner universe, right? Um, because we're very we're very accustomed to kind of special narratives and, like, chosen one narratives in right. a lot of cases, right? Where, like... Of course, Ryan Gosling is the child, and I think a lot of my willingness to accept that on face value at first, um, and I, you know, and I like that, I, you know, like I thought that that was a cool detail, um, was kind of weirdly undercut um, when the point of the movie became that Ryan Gosling isn't special, right? And that's almost also kind of what makes him special if that makes sense you know what i mean like the reason that he is able to change uh the the course of the world so to speak um by depriving tyrell of getting uh of getting deckard um is his own acceptance of his own mundanity which i thought was just like brilliant i was like holy shit this movie's so good And I also think that that only works if Ryan Gosling dies. I was really pissed because I thought that he was going to live. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then he died. And I was like,
0: yes, thank you. (laughs) Wait, did did he definitively die? I thought he just, he like lays down and yeah, it's implied. But I thought that was kind of left there so they could like, Maybe rewind that if they wanted to. And not uh,
1: yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, it is pretty ambiguous whether or not he died. I think he has to die, though, right? Like, the, you know, like, there's the point in the movie when, like, the person says, like, the most human thing of all is to, like, to die for something you believe in or whatever. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, if he doesn't die, that doesn't complete. Um, and kind of, like, it it all implodes in on itself, I guess.
0: I don't know. I don't I think the fact that he was basically like willing to die for it is is, is kind of is kind of enough. Like I don't like. I I think the movie bringing itself to where it is is enough for, for that to impact the way it needs to.
1: Oh man, I don't know that I think that because what I lo- what I also like about this movie is kind of um, you know in the kind of story, like in the history book version in a way. Ryan Gosling's character ultimately isn't super important. If that makes sense? Like, in the context of this movie he is. Um, but I also kind of like that he's he's kind of almost a metaphor um, for, like, important characters or important people that, like, change the course of history but that you never hear about in a lot of ways. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, like, like well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I you know, like, so,
1: okay, to, to, to actually relate this to a game thing really quickly, that's actually part of what makes... Um, role-playing in WoW really interesting and compelling, like, for me and for a lot of people, right? Uh, you know, like, WoW puts you in a position where, like, you are the person that saves the world, especially, like, in Legion and in recent expansions, right? Like, in Warlords of Draenor, you are the commander of the garrison, right? In Legion, you are, you know, the battle lord, the, the, the archmage, whatever, right? You know, like, the person yeah. who is, like, defying the Legion. Uh, but part of what makes, you know, like, part of what makes a... Um, Role-playing where those things can't be true. We talked about this in our episode, right? Like yeah. that, that would kind of be godmodding and taking too much, too much uh, liberty with with the lore or whatever. Is kind of being like, you know, the 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 low-level person, right? That has a that has like a big impact. And when you frame the story around that kind of person, uh, you can do really cool, interesting things. And 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 in a lot of ways, Blade Runner 2049 was like. Treaties on doing that in a in a cool, neat way, right? Ryan Gosling is the key to unlocking, you know, unlocking this secret, and you know, Deckard reunites with his kid, right? Um, And it's implied that there's kind of a replicant revolution on the horizon now that that kind of has been that like has been fulfilled sort of thing but it's not like a prophecy or like a destiny sort of thing that you get out of you know um you know i don't know what what a prophecy do you des- i mean star wars right uh well the prequels are bad at this because anakin is like the opposite of that but like ray you know what i mean like of uh, the ch- this chosen one stuff right or um or even you know even stuff like uh the the spider-man movie remakes had this right the, the fucking teenage mutant ninja turtles movie had this seriously um, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy also kind of has this, uh, but it is also deconstructed there. But, like, that, you know, like, and so I think that that's, that's the, the ultimate coolness of Blade Runner 2049 came to me, like, when I realized that that was a lot of what this movie was getting at and kind of commenting on, um, in a way. And it was telling kind of a much grander story through a much more, um, like, down to earth lens. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, except... I, I don't know. There were a couple of things that kind of, like, hit me as almost, like, fridge moments. Kind of, like, how much of this, like, feels like it depends on the fact that Ryan Gosling happens to be the replicant that um, she inserts the memory about the furnace into. Like, that, that feels... I don't know. That that felt like a little bit too too coincidental to me, right? Like that that felt kind of like, like yeah, he's not the one, but he is he is also kind of like tied into that. Either, either it's like an act of fate or an, or or it's kind of like unbelievable.
1: No, wait, but it's a it's a coincidence, it's
0: right? Like but it's like a, a coincidence. But it's an unbelievable coincidence.
1: Why not? What?
0: Like the fact, like the, the fact of the matter is is that he had to have that particular memory injected into him. And happened to be a police officer, and happened to hit this particular case. In order for this all to fall into place, feels kind of unbelievable. Like, like that feels like uh, uh, too much of a stretch.
1: So, I. So, what I think happens, like, there are too many coincidences. So, what I think happens is the movie kind of discounts all of this and essentially says that this is, you know, what I mean, that this is an unimportant detail. Like, yeah, but but, but all those things
0: need to be true in order for the plot to resolve in the way that it does. Like he needs to be the replicant that gets this memory that gets assigned to the police force that happens to be assigned to the, to to the case, right? Right. Like, but it's
1: not like it's anybody's plan that that's the case.
0: Right. 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 But but it's it, just
1: that, like these are just random happenstances. Right. You know but it,
0: but I mean? but there it feels like there are too many of them, right? Like like it stretches the belief. It it, it stretches kind of like the, the willing suspension of disbelief, essentially, because there 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 are too many kind of colliding coincidences that happen to have to to make this have to too many random coincidences have to collide in order for this to happen what so
1: what are the specific coincidences
0: uh so basically this this memory maker who is not aware of who she is right has to happen to make a memory that she imprints on a replicant and that replicant has to happen to be chosen to be a blade runner and that blade runner has to happen to be in la and that blade runner has to be happened to be assigned to the Sapper Morton, to to, to kill Sapper Morton, and he has to happen to recognize that this tree is weird and find the, the box beneath it and, like, see the marking on the tree that kind of triggers this thing in him that makes him believe that maybe it's him, right? Like, all these kinds of things have to kind of coincide in a way that, that's, that's a little bit too... a little bit too coincidental for me to, like, accept wholly on face so I think that there's a little bit of a protection in the movie where
1: um, the replicant says we all believe or whatever which kind of seems to suggest that maybe everyone has the memory
0: I don't uh, uh, that's I, I think that that's which, just just kind of like a a like the, I,
1: you know so I, I'm trying I'm trying to engage with this argument on on your terms a little bit so I think that exists in a way to kind of maybe answer that question but at the end of the day I actually don't think that that's a problem because like Yeah, that's kind of true that all this stuff is coincidental. But, like, what bothers me about plots being overly coincidental is when someone's plan is involved, right? You know, like, so, you know, for instance, this is a lot of the problem um, that, you know, uh, you can have with a movie like Civil War, Batman vs. Superman, where you have Baron Zemo slash Lex Luthor who have these, like, grand plans... Sort of thing that are built to come together in such a way, but they also rely on all of these kind of weird coincidences. From ju- you know what I mean? Like yeah. the plans are 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 shown to be kind of like uh, uh, well-oiled machines, but really they're just kind of like janky contraptions that could fall apart with any kind of thought. Applied to this sort of thing, right? This is, you know, we, uh, you know, it's But like, not, those plans don't exist in this movie, right? This movie is just a series of of. It's just like a series well, no, of they, events. They, I they, guess. They,
0: they are natural coincidences, right? Like it's not like anybody's re- relying on this, but it's it still feels like kind of. Unbelievable, right? Like in in a, in a way to me, I, I, it just kind of hit me that like. In. <sighs> In kind of the same way that, like, wh- wh- when it's somebody's plan and you go back and think about it, it's like too many of these things had to be coincidences, and then that really blows a hole in in like a in in a in a plot where it's 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 a plan, and because it's not a plan, it's just kind of it is just kind of a series of natural coincidences. It doesn't feel that much of a hole, like it, it's it's not yeah, as big a deal. the universe is random, right? You know right, I mean? right, right. Like like these things could have happened, right? And like yeah. th- that doesn't make it feel as bad, but it does. Feel like a lot of coincidences had to line up in order for 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 this to hit. And that that bothers me a little bit, right? Like the the, the 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 fact that the basically it's the fact that like the the core of it is the fact that he happened to randomly get this memory and be the guy in the case. Just that just feels a little too too much to me. Um, and I don't think the memory is supposed to be universal. I, I think that's kind of the, the 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 girl's whole point is that she. She generates individual memories for replicants so that they, they, they feel like they're real people, for the most part, outside of their own knowledge that they're replicants. Um, I don't know. It, it bothered me um, a little bit. Not not a lot. Like I, yeah, I, okay,
1: I mean, I don't know, maybe. I, that, that kind of thing also bothers me, I guess, I think, when, like, coincidences kind of, like, crop up a lot. You know what I mean, if that makes yeah. sense? Um, but there was a very clear kind of cause and effect line to this stuff that made it okay, I guess, as far as I see it. I'm trying to think of a good example of like this sort of storytelling that I could um, that I could break down. Um, but like it, part of part of what makes these coincidences, I guess, um, palatable in in a comparative sense. Uh, is the idea that, like, they are all natural extensions of one another and there's a very clear cause and effect chain. Like, really, at the end of the day, the I guess the big coincidence happens to, is that he happens to have these memories sort of thing and he happens to follow them down kind of this path or whatever um, to reach the conclusion that he is the child, right? And that the yeah. child isn't somebody else, right? Um, but the thing that I think... Like the, like, the thing about that that kind of diffuses it is that it, it is a – these things are all linked back to really just, at the end of the day, one coincidence. It's a cop who uncovers some evidence that seems to suggest, right, that he is, you know, like, that he is the child that he's looking for. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean? And everything is a natural outgrowth of that one thing, which doesn't feel quite as bad as, like, you know, introductions of – uh, I, uh, man, I don't have a great, I really don't have a great sense of I, what I, I could I, compare
0: this to. I feel like it wouldn't bother me as much if, because there's the twist it invites you it invites you to kind of examine that set of coincidences very closely, because that's mm. kind of the point, and that's kind of where it starts to break down for me. Um, again, it's not, we don't need to spend that much more time on this, because it's not a huge deal, right? It's not like, sure. it's not like I, I thought this ruined the movie or anything, it's just, it's just a thing that kind of like irked me a little um similarly i thought that the 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 wife subplot didn't have a lot of playoff it felt very plot cul de to me
1: oh that was wait i'm sorry the wife subplot being the the hologram yes uh, yeah. oh my god i think that's so important though okay part of what i i love this wife subplot part of what i love about this wife subplot is kind of like the uh like <laughs> did you ever see the movie her by spike jones yes yeah did you like that movie uh, yes, I thought a it was... A lot of people I know really loved that movie, and I thought at the end of the day that that movie was kind of like, um... First of all, I thought it was a little hokey and sappy, uh... And second of all, I didn't think it was a very good simulation of how this kind of thing would play out, right? Like, yeah, I, like, I agree that there's, there is a situation where, a per, like, as we get more and more advanced kind of series out there that a person would fall in love with his own Siri. But I think this movie does it right. Whereas that movie did it poorly because this movie shows how like hollow and empty that relationship really was for this guy right like part of the reason that he thinks he's the child and part of the reason like part of the kind of chosen one narrative comes from her right where she keeps telling him that he's special right and he believes it right he's like oh my god i'm i'm the fucking child or whatever and then he realizes he's not the child and i love this part where he's walking down the you know like he's walking down the like the, the walkway in the rain and, and the giant right woman and the talks giant to- version of her kind of bends down and just kind of like says something you know and then it says Looks like how you, like, you know, it's like what you want to see, what you want to hear, right? That's what she's doing. He's, she's telling him what he wants to hear because that's what she's programmed to do. You know what I mean? And that that's kind of sycophantic and like false right and i love it because like you know like they have the whole the the whole sex scene which i guess they don't show or whatever right but in the movie her he denies the sex scene he de- he denies the sex with the circuit right. cuz he's like this is this is unreal you know what i mean like I, this is something i can't do in this movie he goes for it right because he's duped by her and by
0: what she's telling him ah, i thought that was so good so, <laughs> i loved so, it so, so much so i'll i'll give you like so those moments i think are good but like basically kind of the plot of like basically I thought that like the um the the fact that he puts her in the uh the the what the extra, the the, 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 the emanator emanator there we go thank you and that like that kind of gets crushed with like much you do like without much like anything there it just felt like I don't know that 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 felt like that there was supposed to be like a bigger payoff there and there wasn't although like oh I, come on this was a huge payoff the huge payoff was about how he's been lied to
1: about, like, his own delusions. Right? If she's there, he's still deluded. But she dies. Um, and her death also coincides with his realization that he's not special. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I do Because she dies, immediately afterwards, he gets, like, picked up and saved by, like, the replicants and then informed that he's not special. He's just normal. He's just uh, one of the... He's just someone. You know what I mean? Me. I also, by the way, did think that it was a good moment of kind of like pathos. Like I felt that, you know. I think Ryan Gosling did does a, like did a good job selling it. This is mostly just because I think Ryan Gosling is a good actor. Yeah, and yeah. He put in a good performance in this sort of thing, but like, yeah, like, you know, I felt
0: that moment and I felt his loss. Uh. Oh, uh, you just felt kind of like. Like I thought, it was a good moment in the in like I thought it was a good story, kind of to build the world. But it, it it felt kind of very kind of classic Blade Runner to me, in that it's kind of like a detail that's there just to be a detail about the world and less about like driving the plot, which just kind of felt I don't know it it, it felt weird to me. I was it, like she 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 dies, and I'm kind of like okay,
1: yeah, well, I, I definitely get that. I don't think that she is there. To serve the plot in any way. Yeah. I think she's there for thematic reasons, right? Her whole job is to kind of reinforce and establish this subtext um, that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it, it also says some weird things about kind of like, like, you know, the, the one of the central themes is obviously what 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 is it to be human? That's like, like central theme of both movies. And like, it's weird to see here, kind of like, you know, most of the movie, I would argue, comes... Or most, most of the kind of the, the plot... Most most versions of this plot kind of come in on the side of, like... You know, being a human... Like, being a flesh and Blood human is, is not ultimately the most important part of this, right? Like, it's it's, it's, it's something deeper. Um, whereas she seem, seems to kind of come in to be, like... The opposite point, like, the, the, the counterpoint to that, which just feels weird. right? like, she's supposed to be a... A thing that feels human, but ultimately is very clearly not... Um even though she appears to be right like in, in kind of more classical terms like she fools the Turing test but isn't really real as like uh, a, whereas like i feel like the replicants are supposed to be like you know like a, what what makes a man is beyond like kind of like the 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 existence of a natural birth or whatever interesting and, so in a way she's
1: kind of a counterpoint to uh, a lot of like the replicant
0: right like, like whereas like Kay's a replicant that, like, you know, clearly kind of has a soul, right? Like, to to kind of put it in simplistic terms, she's kind of there as, like, example of a thing that you would think has a soul but doesn't.
1: I actually really do, um, I really do agree with you. I think that that makes a lot of sense, and that's, like, another whole angle to this, uh... You know that she is kind of there to like show that okay yeah, but your toaster is not a fucking human okay like, yeah and, and you know? that,
0: that just feels weird totally, considering like what the the main message of like both this and the previous movie were, were kind of supposed to be right like, like Tears in Rain is is basically exactly like you know I'm a for i I'm a toaster that lives for four years but I I have a soul whereas she's supposed to be like n- the the opposite of that. Um, i don't know yeah 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 i uh yeah
1: yeah i think that um i don't know i i actually think that that's kind of like a cool expansion of uh of the kind of the like the themes of the movie right to kind of show that there is like that there is a bedrock um, almost to this stuff. Right. And then it's not all as kind of, um, like there's a certain amount of it. That's like hopeful and tragic because, you know, like, you know, like one of the cool things about blade runner, like one of the things that I like about blade runner a lot. And by the way, one of the reasons that like ba- basically the reason that I liked the idea that Deckard was a replicant is because he starts the movie kind of most of the humans in the movie are kind of uh, placid and flaccid and emotionless. Um, but the de- but the replicants are very emotional. Right. right. Um, and over the course of the movie, you watch Deckard go from kind of one to the other, and I always thought that that was a very cool mirror to like your real, your hypothetical realization that he is a replicant, right? Um, and I, you know, I've since kind of walked that back because I think at the end of the day, right, like the ambiguity of things was better and stronger,
0: right? Um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, actually, think that, I think I've actually that's heard like I don't I don't agree with this, but I've heard the kind of the opposite viewpoint that like it's better if he's a human because the the replicants are being more human than the human who is Decker, who's just kind of like sitting there and like going through photos and staring at photos for 30 minutes at a time or whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I also think that uh, I I do get that argument. I also think that there's something to be said for kind of like the love story works a little bit better. I think Um, if it's kind of like a human, uh, like falling in love, quote unquote, with like a, with like a replicant. And by the way, I also think that excuses a little bit about like, I don't want to talk, you know what I mean? Like, (coughs) To a certain extent, I think this is kind of, like, going back and viewing a 1980s movie with, like, 2010's kind of wokeness, right? But it also kind of excuses, like, the rapiness of them you know, like, like getting together for the first time, if, if he is a human, all of a sudden that takes on a certain subtext of like, this is the kind of relationships that humans and replicants do have, right? But at the end of the movie, when they are together, kind of like for real,
0: quote unquote, see, I, um,
1: I, that's like, that's like a better progression of it.
0: See, I, I, I see your point with that, but I, I always read that scene in the original movie differently, like, like this was the replicant fail like struggling to express her emotions and him help it like helping her along with that. Like him like Okay. No no it, it's I it's, see what you're getting at. That's okay. <laughs> like like it like I, I understand why it's viewed as rapey, but like the, the my my first read of that scene was like she doesn't understand how to express that she loves him and he's he's telling her how to do that, right? Like <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, okay, sure. that Sure. No, like, be probably the best defense that I've seen. Before. Like I, I, I <laughs> thought that, like that's what I thought
0: the intent of the scene was.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Um, but I, I definitely get why, why, why it's viewed differently now and and the, the problems yeah. with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you know, and and I also feel a little bit bad about this because I do think, um, that we don't, you know, like we don't have quite as nuanced, say nuance is a weird word for this, but we don't quite have, like, as nuanced an understanding of, like, the idea of consent. I think uh, in, in the 80s, as we do now, I guess, right? Like, more time and effort has been given to your ability to kind of say, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, this is like weird gender politics stuff. Whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, no, I, I didn't know what your point is. We think about yeah. this stuff and talk about this stuff a lot more now, so it's a lot more obvious, right? I think that in a way, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy. um I mean, it's easy to look back at movies where the kind of like the no means yes, you just keep pursuing until she falls in love with you sort of, you know, like narrative, right? Like that's a very classic Hollywood romantic comedy, right? Like romantic yeah, archetype. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to be too punishing on them for including this sort of scene, right? Because I do think that it is very much a case of us like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yes, th-
0: there's a whole lot to unpack there, but I think that's beyond the scope of, of this podcast.
1: It's weirdly, it has a lot to do with Harrison Ford. It feels like, uh, because it pops up in other Harrison Ford movies, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I at the end of the day, I, I don't think that it's necessarily super right, like super relevant. I guess, yeah. And it is, by the way, way worse in Blade Runner than it is in either of those two movies. Um,
0: yeah, or, or franchises. <coughs> well, yeah, let's let's.
1: <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway.
0: Um. <laughs> um...
1: So well... the movie has underperformed a little bit. Yes. Did you know about this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. So it was projected to make about $40 million, um, and, uh, and it ended up with about $32, 32 million, uh, with better, with worldwide numbers, right? Like, $88 million kind of, like, worldwide sort of thing. Um, and a lot of people are talking about this in a lot of different kind of, like, terms, right? Uh, for instance, there's an IndieWire article that kind of says, you know, like, the Blade Runner 2049 underperforming just means that it's kind of you know, like, mirroring the original, which also underperformed, but became right. a huge cult classic, kind of as, like, film school nerds, got their hands on it sort of thing. Um, And that it is kind of, like, destined for that same sort of trajectory, right? That folks who are movie buffs, right? Like, movie people, they're going to love this sort of thing, but, like, the regular old film goer, uh, you know, they're just not attracted to this kind of thing. Uh There's a more kind of Sturm und Drang, um uh reading of this that says something along the lines of like Wait, a what? Uh oh Sturm and Drug. Sturm and Drang is like storm and darkness in okay. like German. It's like it's like dark and you know like it's like pessimistic. Okay. Is really what I mean when I use that term. Yeah. Um uh, the, so, so the so the pessimistic kind of thing is like audiences are fucking bullshit, right? Like people say they don't want, you know, Transformers right, and they don't want superhero movies, right, oh, everyone has superhero fatigue, right, oh, you know, fucking, right, like, uh, nobody, you know, like, like, like nobody wants these kinds of movies, everybody wants really, like, deep and thoughtful movies like the 70s again or whatever, and then you look at this movie underperforming, and then you will look at a movie like Wonder Woman make 400 million at the domestic boss office, it's like, fuck you guys, right, like, you are all tigers kind of thing, uh, do you, how do you feel about, how do you feel about this, like, um, kind of in, like, a greater cultural sense?
0: I mean, I I I think it's that it's not that people are liars. I think that most people don't talk about what they want, and they're fine with Transformers Seven, and you know, Thor, Ragnarok Two, and you know, um, and and you know, and you know, not to say that like people are wrong for liking kind of simple things, especially in like, I don't know, I I I feel like people I feel like people just don't want to like dedicate kind of the mental, uh. Kind of the, the, what's the word I want to use? Kind of like the, the, the mental process to a thing they do in their leisure time. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like that's pretty on the nose. I think this is like, I don't know, uh, like, because it's weird, because like, you know, this this is, this is, this is a thing that kind of speaks to like how much, as much as I don't want to show like how how much like critical reception doesn't matter. In a lot of ways, because this thing has gotten good box office or good, good refu- not box office, yeah, good reviews yeah. as far as I could tell, and so, and it's not like people were like, "Oh, it's a bad movie. I'm not gonna go see it" or whatever. No, it was basically people were like, "I'd, I'd rather not," um, even in the face of like, you know, like that's just not for me. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of a, another speak to kind of like, uh, like, this is like hard science fiction. And mm-hmm. and you know, and you know, as more ner- nerd things have made it towards the mainstream, this is, I think, a thing that's still kind of on that very like nerdy edge, right? Like, this is this it, it's it's a thing that I, I think is still kind of in in the realm of of the hardcore corner, as it were. Right. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, or that you know, like so we shouldn't tell people that that this is good and that they should enjoy. It's just kind of like that that that's the thing that gets appreciated by the dedicated and not kind of like the more accessible stuff, which is what. The modern superhero movies are
1: yeah um, i mean interestingly i actually think that this is uh, that this box office is pretty good all things considered and that a lot of it is kind of like weirdly proportional to how much um in a lot of ways i think that this is kind of hollywood being myopic about itself just to, for a comparison um last year arrival which made a lot of which which was a, a huge success right um directed by the exact same guy right um, got a whole bunch of Oscar nominations and everything. Um, it ended up with about two hundred million dollars uh, at the box office, um, which was uh, which was seen as as really good, right? Like it was projected to make about seventeen million over the course of its we- of its opening weekend. It ended up making twenty four million, right? Um, <clears throat> so uh it didn't finish in first place right it finished third uh behind like shut in and almost christmas right you know like just like random you you know random kind of shit movies or kind of whatever um and then i think that this is mostly a result of kind of like perspective being being sort of like lost to to a degree i think everybody that showed up for arrival on its opening weekend uh and a lot of people that didn't came came out for blade runner right um, and, uh, and I bet that it will have pretty long, like, legs, right? Like, it'll have pretty long legs at the box office, uh, especially as Oscar nominations roll around, you know what I mean? Like, I bet this is gonna get nominated for a billion fucking Oscars, I swear to God. If Roger Deacons doesn't get, like, an Oscar for a fucking vet cinematography off this movie, I'm gonna, like, kill someone. Like, it, it was so good, right? Um, the, uh, um... The, oh, you know, and and so I think that actually kind of like over the course of the next couple of months, we'll end up sort of rewriting some of that, some of that narrative. Though I also think that uh, I do agree with, with everyone that says that audiences are bullshit and they say they don't want this stuff. Uh, It's pretty clear that audiences, there is no such thing as superhero fatigue, right? In fact... If there's anything, it's everything but superhero fatigue, right? Because the movies that are not superhero movies uh, are the ones that typically are underperforming uh, the most, right? Um, you know, things like Ghostbusters and Assassin's Creed and World of Warcraft, or sorry, just, just Warcraft, right? You know, uh, the Warcraft did better than those other two sort of things, right? Like, we're getting a lot of these movies that are callbacks, um, and really the only one of those that's ever been, like, mega successful has been, uh, Jurassic World, which made, like, an obscene amount of money for no one understands why, um... But like otherwise, a lot of these kinds of movies that are um, that are uh, you know callback movies to older properties just aren't that successful, uh, and the stuff that is successful, right, like the stuff that is dominating the zeitgeist, is superhero films. Outside of a couple of one, you know, like the Fantastic Four movie, which was just fucking god awful, just like the worst fucking movie, right. Um, most of the you know most of these movies do really well even when they're not critically beloved sort of thing. Um,
0: yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like this is a thing that I've heard for years, which is basically like I feel like people tend to underestimate how much children drive these things, right? Definitely, like, I feel There's that. like a long time where like, and it might still be true. I'm mean, like the G&P G and PG movies, um, consistently do much better than than like more mature content, mm-hmm. and like I think. I think if there's, like, a movie that's going to convince a parent to let, like, their kids see it outside of the atrium they're supposed to, that's what, uh, that's, that, like, that's a superhero movie, right? Like, you heard all these stories with Deadpool where people are like, oh, it was a superhero movie. I didn't know it was going to be Deadpool, right? And, like, I, I feel like, I feel like th- th- that's kind of the same trend, basically, right? Like, Definitely. GPG and then, like, superhero movies all get, like, all the kiddies to, like, you know, go and the, that that, that that like, there's a lot of people who are parents and, the kids drive a lot of their choices that in that way.
1: Yeah, um, I also think that superhero movies are, um, are, are particularly good at kind of genre chameleoning, if that makes sense. Uh, people talk a lot about westerns uh, as they do about superhero movies because they're both kind of like, quote-unquote, genres that have dominated Hollywood. But I actually think that it's pretty unfair to lump in a superhero movie – or to say that a superhero movie is kind of a genre of film um, – where, like, in the same way that a Western is a genre of film, because really, at the end of the day, right? Superheroes are kind of like a. It's 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 almost like an This is a, a metaphor that only listeners of our podcast would understand, right? Um, superheroes are more of a, a, a like a like a um, uh, like an archetype in Starfinder than they are a class, right? Which is to say that they are they're kind of like a certain set of stuff, right, that that can inhabit and wear different genres as necessary, whereas Westerns are much less flexible in this kind of, um, like, in this kind of vein, right? You can have movies like Captain America and Wonder Woman, which are period peace war movies, right? Uh, you can have kind of the, um, you know, the Thors um, that are built to be, you know, like, Thor and Doctor Strange, right, which are kind of, like, riffs on fantasy archetypes right. in movies, right, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy as, like, a space opera, right, uh, Logan as a Western, um, uh, the, like, I think th- that is the, that is, like, one of the magical things about superheroes that people don't quite get.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I think kind of in the, in the same vein, like, a little bit, I don't know, I, I feel like less, less favorable to it, maybe, is that, like, when people hear superhero movie, what they hear is superhero action movie, which a lot of the, which, which I think the vast majority of superhero movies are. And, Definitely, but like the and you you can kind of use that kind of goodwill to sell a movie that's like a superhero, like a superhero spy movie, like like Winter Soldier, um, and get people to come out to see it. Um, even even though like you know maybe maybe that's not what they're expecting, but it's fine because they like they like superheroes and it's a good movie regardless.
1: Yeah, I also think that it's something that's ratcheted up over the last couple of uh, uh, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, like so for instance, I think in the in the early kind of two thousands, you have more sort of kind of straight laced, by the book superhero movies, right? Like I love Spider Man 2. I think Spider Man two is probably uh, you know, I mean, it's up there with some of the best comic book movies that have ever been made, and that's a very earnest, you know forthright uh telling of like a traditional superhero story um but even things that i also think are you know i mean like things like the original iron man which is also a pretty like forthright version of that like there's a hero there's a villain the villain has kind of like a you know an evil plan sort of thing right like um it is it is more uh it's more ironic and detached than that right like it's more of a comedy uh than it is kind of like a a self-serious um you know, like a self-serious kind of like empathic version uh, of the movie, right? I mean, you can just compare Spider-Man: Homecoming to Spider-Man Two, and they just have a have a pretty different tone because I think as time goes on, people say, you know, like they understand. I've seen this narrative before: the superhero is a good guy, the villain is a bad guy. Kind of thing they fight whatever and now you're getting a lot of different kinds of riffs on that right well what happens when the superheroes fight each other right uh what happens when you know the superheroes don't have you know like they're are out are out in space doing space stuff right what happens when the, the the you know the the superheroes are actually villains kind of thing right like all of these sort of riffs are kind of expansions right of that of that core uh, like bedrock of where the genre exploded out from, it feels like.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like another part of that is just isn't it a conscious attempt to avoid superhero fatigue, um, because in a lot of ways, so I, I feel like if they had if this expansion hadn't happened, there would people would be getting sick of it a lot faster.
1: Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely think that's true, and I'm glad that people are still kind of keeping up with it. Um, you know, I, I, I always hate it when people are like, "Oh, superhero fatigue is a real thing" because it's just you just look at the numbers, right? It's not. The big movies this summer were superhero movies. The shit movies this summer were not, you know, uh, in terms of who, who made numbers and who didn't. Uh, and to wrap this a little bit around back to Blade Runner, I think that it's okay for us to kind of, uh, like, not measure all box office, right? Like, not measure all kind of reactions equally and sort of say that, you know, Blade Runner is the very best, right? Like, it, to me, it is up there with, like, the Mad Max Fury Road, um, and it is better than uh, Mad Max Fury Road... Um, at being kind of like a, well, let's take a property from a long time ago and update it for, you know, modern audiences sort of thing, right? Almost every other version of this fails and is shit, right? Um, but these are the, like, like this is, this is a movie that belongs in that pantheon as just, if you want to know how to make one of these bad boy fucking, like, we're going to bring back a, a beloved movie for a sequel, like, you know, decades later kind of thing, this is how you do it.
0: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I, I, it was, I don't know, both respectful of the story table while also being like super kind of, um, awesome in its own right. Um, the visuals were stunning. The audio was fucking. I, don't know, I didn't talk about this a lot, but I, I thought that the sound design was just fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah. Um, like I don't know, it just really got me. Like the 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 the, 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 the sounds were, were were just perfect. Um, I loved it. It was great.
1: Well, I am. Uh, uh, I'm happy to hear that because I also loved it. Um, the uh, what else? Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask is, where does this fall, kind of, um, in your like of the movies that you've seen this year? Where does this fall?
0: Um. Huh. Well. I'm thinking about the movies I've seen this year. The two that pop t- popped pop the top of my mind are Dark Tower and Ghost in the Shell, so definitely better than those. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
1: you know, I, I what, what else has come out? Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, John Wick 2. Um,
0: uh, was there... What was... There was a movie that, that reminded me of John Wick 2 that I... that I liked. Um, so I liked John Wick 2 a lot, but for very different reasons, um, I feel like it, it, it'd be a weird thing to, to, to say, like, to, to, to say that John Wick 2 is, I liked it better than this movie. I liked it for different reasons, but, like, of kind of, like, the traditional, movie, you know, like, the, you know, what I think it makes, like, for, like, a, a great movie, I think this is definitely...
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, definitely like at there. the end of the year, is this Baby Driver's another good one? Uh, like, is Oof, this is yeah. this a contender for your favorite movie of the year, or is it, you know, kind of below? Uh, um,
0: it is definitely a contender. Um, it's definitely a contender. It's the type of thing where, like, if pressed, I'd be like, you know, maybe I like John Wick a little better, but that's just because I, I love that kind of bullshit. Or maybe I like Baby Driver a little better, but that's just because... Like yeah, no, the synchronized music thing really like yeah. kind of like like r- runs my engine. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, there's a
1: big difference between the kind of um, uh, like there's always a difference between what the best movie of the year is and what my favorite movie of the mm. year is, right? Moonlight was the best movie from last year, but my favorite movie was Batman vs Superman. Uh, and that's of just because it, it played to my, you know what I mean? Like this, this is about your tastes, right? And I'm just, yeah. I'm just interested. Yeah. Uh, just interested. So, so
0: this comes, so this hits a lot of the right buttons for me, right? Obviously the cyberpunk stuff. And like, like I said, the sound design was great. And that's, that's another kind of one of my tics This goes along with kind of like my, my love of like the synchronized music stuff. Uh, I just really like the way that sound interacts with, with stuff like this. And, um, so it, it, it's definitely in the running if it is or not. We'll have have to see. Um, There's stiff competition still to come.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel
0: so bad because I was so ready for it to be Justice League.
1: And then I saw this movie and I was like, wow, Justice League, I don't know that you can really beat this, okay?
0: Yeah, I'm... (laughs) I am, I am confident that this, that Justice League will be this year's Batman v Superman for you.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I, I am confident, you know, it's funny, it's funny. Well, I see this is a good transition. Okay, so our weeks, right, two big trailers dropped uh, over the weekend. Uh, the big, big one being the first, like, real actual trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, and the other one being the third trailer for, uh, for Justice League. Um, and it's funny to see those two back back-to-back back because uh, I think the Justice League trailer is much worse uh, than the Star I mean, did you see, Max Antis had a whole thing about this last night.
0: Uh, um, no, I, I might have seen the Justice League one because it was on, it, I think it played in front of Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. But, but I actually haven't seen the Star Wars trailer yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I you know I like the Justice League one uh, a lot in the sense that you know, just, like the big thing about Justice League's trailers, um, which I which I respond to really well, is that it's all about stakes, right? Um, like the trailers for like Avengers were very much kind of about uh, you know how cool is it that Iron Man and Thor and whatever kind of get to team up or whatever, uh, but the trailers for Justice League are all about like. This is something that none of us can handle by ourselves, right? We have to, uh, you know, we have to get together because only the group of us are going to be able to, you know, defeat this guy, which is all about stakes, right? It's all about saying, you know, You're, you you can't do this alone sort of thing. Um, and, and I respond to that, but I also think that it's like weirdly kind of uh, – muddied I guess? I don't know man just these trailers are just not very good and then you have like the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer which I think is a phenomenal trailer because it talks about a lot of different things right? You know Finn is confronting his roots um, and you know Ray, like Luke is scared of Rey's uh, um, Luke is scared of Rey's power kind of thing like all of that stuff I think is just really neat I don't know
0: Eh, not like I said, I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. Um, but yeah, may, maybe maybe Star Wars won't be bad. Was there there was there was a pork, in it, and I've seen that picture. I fucking fucking hate porks.
1: Wait, did you not see the? Did you not see the the trailer?
0: No, I I, I said that like twice.
1: Oh what? Yeah.
0: Why not though? I I don't. I you, you just don't want to be like ruined for it. A little I just bit? don't watch a lot of trailers. Basically, like interesting. They, yeah, um, I don't know, I'll watch it if it's in front of a movie I see, like, I'm sure it'll be in front of, like, Thor, and I'll end up seeing it, but it's not, like, yeah, yeah. I just don't ca- care enough about, like, any movie, really, to, like, seek out trailers, um, only if it. the only time I'll watch a movie is if it's something that I, like, I have no idea what it, what it is, if it's, like, you know, someone's, like, I see this new trailer for, like, you know, Horizon Dump or something, which is, like, like, you know, something I've never heard of, like, oh, no, let me see if I'd be interested in that, but, like, something like Thor, something like Star Wars, I know I'm probably going to see it anyway, and all trailers do is ruin the movie for you, um, by revealing to you that there are porks in the movie.
1: Man, I just really wanted to, uh, man, I want to talk about this trailer, but fuck, I guess I can't, uh, yeah, uh, fuck, man, jeez, okay. I will say that the trailer, uh, like, the trailer does look cool, um, and, and teases stuff that makes me think The Last Jedi will not be garbage bullshit, um, so... That's nice.
0: Uh, I, I, one can hope. One can hope, and maybe I'll be surprised. And if I'm surprised, i will be good, because um, I like, I like things. I like Star Wars not being bad, no matter what what it sounds like. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what else have What else have you been up to? Um,
0: I played a bunch of Cuphead. Um, uh, uh, uh which is I didn't play a ton, a ton of it. Um, but like if you really like like super hard boss rush type platformer games I it's
1: really don't, I really don't like boss rush type platformer games you guys all right well <laughs> you won't like it but if you yeah. like
0: it, it it's it's great it's also it is you know talk about beautiful things like it the the art style is phenomenal it looks just kind of like like a uh, like a what is it like a 50s cartoon or whatever it looks looks like it's straight out of looney Tunes it's beautifully animated um it's it's definitely a, a thing worth checking out if you're into those types of games. If you're not, obviously don't, but, you know, it's it's it's, it's phenomenal. I dipped my toes into Warhammer 2, played a little bit of those lizard men, getting back into it, but I don't really have a ton to say about it just because I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't really dug into the meat of it yet. Um, oh, some, I finished Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, oh, shit, really? Uh, oh, yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, I don't think I've talked about it on here, though, and... Um, you know, I was never been. I was never a huge Star Trek fan until my my roommate Charles got me into it. And Deep Space Nine is great. Um, highly recommend it to anybody if you like. If like Star Trek, I like. I should be a Star Trek fan. I feel like you'd really like Star Trek too, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a thing that I never got into. So something else we could talk about. You have you been keeping up on the Orville?
1: Yeah, yeah. I well, I think I'm one episode back, two episodes back, maybe. Okay. I really love
0: the Orville, actually. I, uh, um, so uh, if if you cut out like the weird, bad comedy bits out of it, Orville's basically Star Trek, um, and it's great for that, right? Like it is, it is very Star trek and, um, and almost kind of like I want to cut out like the dumb, the dumb, stupid comedy bits. Like, it could, I'm not saying you don't it's think it's, the, see, the comedy bits have grown on me, definitely. Um, so, <laughs> so, so so some of the... like I don't think it's all bad. But I think kind of like the very obvious like ones are not like like the, the very obvious jokes. Just don't don't think are are great. Um, like it, it, they just feel kind of forced to me. Although, um, but like some of them like some of them work right. Like uh, you haven't seen the, the latest one, so I'm not gonna uh, spoil it for you. But like, um, like I thought the Earth Day joke from the from the pilot. Um, landed really well, but I thought like the whole thing about him talking about the banana was just stupid. I hated it.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that stuff. Uh, I like that stuff in a lot of ways. Um. So so I re- I really like certain characters more than others. Uh, so for instance, Scott Grimes, who's kind of like the redheaded pilot. Uh, is a guy I like a lot. Yeah. I think he's really funny. He's Steve. If you've ever seen American Dad, which I think is a phenomenal television show, he's Steve in American Dad, and Steve carries so much of the comedy in that show because he, Scott Grimes is just so funny, right? Uh, I think I think his bits are great. You know, like his bits with like his co-pilot uh, are hilarious. Um, there are definitely some times when like when jokes with like Bordis, uh, will, with Bordis will land for me. Um, just because, like, you know, like, the obvious comic setup is that he's, like, a really, like, super deep, mega buff comic, you know, black guy who is going through, um, like, like, like an emotional moment with his, like, spouse or whatever. Um, and I just think that that, you know, like, it's just funny, you know, to to see him, like, arguing with, uh, with another guy just like him and Ben about, you know, like, whether or not he's spending too much time at work. I think that kind of shit is hilarious.
0: Eh, I don't know. This... Like, that is, that's not, like, I don't know. Maybe because it's 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 so Star Trek, like, that doesn't feel hilarious to me. That just feels like a thing that Star Trek would do. Um, also, I feel like Bortus is kind of undercut by the fact that, uh, that Alara, I think her name is, the security officer is, like, the actual strong person on the crew. Yeah, uh,
1: she's, uh, I, I like that, I like her a little bit, you know, like, she's, I don't like her. She's fine, is really what it comes down to, right? Uh, but like when she carries stuff, I think that's bad. I think, I think so. Basically, I think Seth MacFarlane and uh, Adrian Adriani Paliki are really good. And then I think Bordis and Scott Grimes are really good. And then basically everybody else is kind of whatever. Oof. Like there was uh, the whole episode about fucking like Alara taking over command of the ship or whatever, and I was just like boring, right? Like well, don't give me stupid episodes about dumb Alara. <laughs>
0: well, that that, that was like, that was like a very straight like kind of Trekkian episode right like that, that was that was about character growth which is th- th- Orville's kind of like weirdly like oh, what's the word I want to use like schizophrenic and that it wants to be just Star Trek but then it feels like it, it needs to insert these like weird humor moments like that yeah fl- I mean yeah I, I definitely I'm sure I would have
1: liked that episode a lot better if I just liked her character better and found her more engaging
0: fair enough but yeah Orville's good sees mine is great Cisco's the best captain. Um, uh, although I haven't seen anything else, I'm, uh, I'm gonna start TNG soon. I think with Charles. Um, oh, okay. Um, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm gonna maintain that Cisco's the best captain because it will make me different and special. Because no one ever says Cisco. Is uh, Cisco
1: from Deep Space Nine? Yeah. The, okay. So
0: the, the captains are the te- the two are Kirk and Picard, which are class or the original series Deep- and deeps uh, and the next generation, and there's Cisco, Janeway, and um archer i want to say is, is 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 the enterprise captain rachel's favorite captain is captain janeway that does not surprise me um
1: yeah she grew up she grew, i mean she grew up on star trek voyager uh it, so she kind of has like a prequels connection to it but she also lived in a house with uh her uh her sister but at the her like her sister was trans and at the time um he was her brother uh she was her brother um and uh, her dad and her sister used to make fun of her a lot for it because, like, they were shitty. In fact, that's the reason that she never got into Star Wars is because she saw the Star Wars prequels and liked them a lot. But then she was just surrounded by people that hated them and mocked them. And so she she like was like, well, Star Wars is not for me, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a tragedy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh dude, have you heard about this fucking uh this Rick and Morty like like McDonald's thing? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I find it very interesting because I think it's like a funny kind of uh it's one of those like it's one of those events that that you get to see what people think of nerds and like nerd culture uh, when it kind of like runs rampant. Uh I don't know, what do you what do you think? <laughs> I
0: don't know. I have like I've seen people from all across the spectrum being like this this is what happens um you know like pe- people who normally disagree about things being like this is like absurd fucking nerds um <laughs> um this is this is kind of coincided with kind of the the rise of like it it being prop like it, at some point maybe in the last couple of weeks there was like a switch that kind of got thrown where people were like it's 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 prim and proper to hate on Rick and Morty fans now um, we are no longer fans of the show, we are fans of hating on fans of the show. Um, and it kind of started with kind of like a saturation of the Pickle Rick memes, and it kind of got into, uh, um, it's is kind of like, it, it's, 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 um, kind of emblazoned in the meme about, like, how, how high an IQ you have to have in order to appreciate, uh, or appreciate Rick and Morty, which is his own kind of, like, copy pasta now, and so the, the winds are definitely kind of in the, like, Rick and Morty is for schlubs kind of thing and this just kind of like solidified it as like Rick and Morty fans are kind of awful.
1: Yeah. Um. I do think that people have been uh I do think that people have been talking a lot about Rick and Morty fans being uh being garbo. Um which by the way I kind of do think that they are. Like I you know like to a certain extent I you know that that copy pasta uh <laughs> like like, I think that copy pasta gets at the heart of the Rick and Morty fandom, um, in a certain se- in, like, in a certain sense, and I think that there are fans who are like that. Yeah. Uh, I also think that, like, there's also a copypasta that's like, you know, all these fans of Rick and Morty think they were Rick when really they're a Jerry, right? Uh, and versions of that meme that are, that are funny and very telling. Uh, like, for instance, somebody, like, somebody tweeted out with the fucking, with the Szechuan sauce, um... Like every single person who who went to the Seswan sauce is is a Jerry. There are no Ricks that stand in that line, right? So um, I feel
0: like that statement itself is like is like a level like it's kind of like a, the same thing, right? Like it was like oh you're such a Jerry. It's like the same type of. Awful person that like. <laughs> you know what? That's true. That's
1: really funny. That's definitely true. Yeah, there's another guy who's like, who's like, I bet there, there. You know, one day somebody should make a Facebook quiz that's like, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that it's a Facebook quiz that you take to see whether or not you're a Rick or a Jerry. But there's no way that you can ever be a Rick because only a Jerry would take a Facebook quiz to see if he's a Rick. You know, like, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I find all of the versions of this meme to be fucking hilarious. Yeah, it, um, it, it,
0: it's funny, but it's also kind of, like, just, like, aggravating at the same time. Like... Do you... Because... Do you, why is why is it aggravating? Do you feel like you're part of the Rick and
1: Morty fandom and you don't, like, being, you know, kind of, like, labeled in well, this like, way, in a sense?
0: I it's I... It, it's, it's not kind of... I'm not part of the fandom, but it's, it's the same thing with kind of, like... Uh, you saw this happen with Steven Universe, too. It's like, I enjoy the property, Oof. but, like there comes a point where it's like like when someone asks if you like it that there's a whole set of associations that go along with it right like fair um, enough like kind of in the same kind of vein as like there are people I know and trust who have watched the new My Little Pony and say it is very well written and probably kind of like deserves your time if you're interested in that but then that kind of gets all swallowed by the bronies um and I feel like it's just kind of like another one, this is becoming another one of those things in that same kind of line, right? Like, it, you can't be a fan of this anymore because it's the, it's the domain of terrible people now. Um, and not that that will keep me from watching and enjoying the show, it just kind of like builds in a set of prejudices into any conversation you have about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. I very much get that with, like, Rick and – or, I'm sorry, with uh, Steven Universe as well. Because it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I'm part of a fandom for certain movies. You know, like, for instance, I feel like I'm part of, um, you know, the fandom for Avatar, right? Like, I feel like I'm part of the fandom for Star Wars, right? right. You know, like, they're, they're, these are things that I have an easy time kind of, like, accepting that I am part of, like, this fandom. But then you have stuff like Rick and Morty, which is a property, like, I like – you know, and everything like that. But I'm just, I am don't feel like I'm part of the Rick and Morty fandom. Like, the Rick and Morty subreddit is, like, an alien place to me. Um, the uh, And, you know, and same thing with Steven Universe. How, I mean, the same thing with, like, the DC movies to a certain extent, right? Like, I feel like the DC movies fandom is just, like, whiny piss babies talking about how bad Marvel movies are. It's like, I don't get... Fu- fu- like, you know what I mean? Like... The, I th- I like I. There are definitely fandoms that uh, you know, fandoms for properties I like that I that I actively try and disassociate from.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's fair. That's what Rick and Morty's becoming. Hooray! Great. Everything's terrible. Nothing. No, we're not <laughs> allowed to have nice any nice things anymore. I'm gonna go uh, watch. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm getting into Neo Yokio, which is. Oh
1: man, I've heard about Neo Yokio. I might watch it. It is I'm one way or the other. I haven't or I'm sorry, I haven't decided one way or the other. I d I
0: don't so it is like the perfect like absurd love letter is uh to like eighties anime stuff. It is so good, but in like the most kind of like absurdist, ironic millennial way possible. Um and I I don't know like I understand why this is so polarizing to people. Some people are like, This is garbage trash, like why are you watching this but it's like I just I, I can't help but love it. I can't help but love like what it is and how absurd it is and how and how it like plays against like what you expect. Like like there's a moment and I think it's the second episode, one of the characters like is it's called Sailor Pellegrino, and then they're like in this, this this suit store that they managed to get themselves into a, a bunch and two of the characters are like, Yeah, we're getting tuxedo masks and I'm like, this is just so perfect. I don't understand like how like how like people just like it just works so well. So well for me. Even... I, I, I love it. I highly recommend it to everybody who, like, loves absurdist humor and, like, has a special place in their heart for, like, 80s anime. I like the type of anime you watched when you were a kid on Cartoon Network.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, there are definitely some, some uh, references to more modern stuff, but, like, it, the target's definitely kind of, like, people who watched anime when they were kids but, like, aren't, like, into modern anime and, like, are, like... And would but would look look fondly back on the memories of like Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and the Transformers cartoons um and like like I don't know it's, it it it's 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 something special it's something special um you should watch it that way we can talk about how much we love Toblerones um
1: okay maybe maybe I watch Neo Yokio I I have heard a lot of things specifically about Jaden Smith's uh Character? yeah, yeah. And character. And well, well like what was everybody, everybody is talking about Jaden Smith. Some people are saying that this is the perfect character for him, which, by the way, is like a very common thing. For instance, I really loved, um, I really loved the Get Down. Uh, Jaden Smith was playing kind of, um, uh, was playing like an ethereal kind. You know what I mean? Like he was just like really like wispy, and he did a lot of drugs. Um, and ended up being gay, or maybe transsexual, or pan they don't really get into it, you know, what I mean? just yeah. that he was part of, you know, like, he's kind of the character that participates in the sexual revolution of New York at the time, right, in the same way that, you know, the main two characters are participating in the hip-hop revolution, and, you know, uh, different characters hit different beats like that kind of thing, um, and, uh, but anyway, so people are saying that, like, you know, like, oh, like, this is the perfect character for, for Jaden Smith or Jaden Smith fucking ruins this anime, right? Like, so, there are so, not, there are not a lot of people who, uh, who are in between, it seems.
0: So, so the character is basically, like, if you took, like, the popular conception of Jaden Smith's Twitter and turned that into a character, like, <laughs> and it, it works so well. It is, it is, it is absurd how well it works as kind of, like. Oh, you 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 just have to watch it. I I, I, I can't explain it. It's it's just there's in the, in the the one of the episodes he's um the two of the, the two characters invent a drink called uh the capra like it's a Caprese Martini um and he becomes like this the 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 front person for it like the advertising person for it and he's called Caprese Boy and it's just it's just perfect. I I, I can't I I, I don't <laughs> I just can't. I can't comprehend how, how like how well it, it it float. It is exactly what it wants to be, and it's perfect at being that. And if you don't like it, you're gonna hate it. But if you're in tune with it, it's just it's just it's just it's just right. I don't. Uh, it's I don't know. I feel like this might be my Batman versus Superman in a way, kind of. Oh, you yeah. know, Like just kind of like it's different because I think there are definitely people on board with me, like that that, that understand what it, what it's supposed to be. Whoa! are you saying that there are people not on board
1: with me who don't understand? I think there's significantly less. I think you are sorely mistaken, sir. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, uh, that's just that's just a joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's not really a joke because I think there are more fans than you think, but fine, whatever.
0: No, I, Let's not argue this yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? So what have, you, what have you gotten into? Anything, anything good from you? Yeah, what if I gotten
1: into that? Oh my god! You know what I saw? Uh, also, a cartoon on Netflix is Big Mouth, which was so funny. Uh, you would probably love it. I would say, do you know Nick Kroll? Do you like Nick Kroll? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a show that of by him and a guy that wrote for Family Guy, and it's all about uh, it's about a couple of like middle school kids um, who are going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it is like really funny. Um, it's ten episodes. It's really funny, but it is like, it is it, you know in, in the way that Family Guy you know pushed the kind of raunchiness factor of The Simpsons, right? And then you know uh, this is kind of pushing the raunchiness factor for Family Guy up to and including. And by the way, this has gotten widespread scorn, um, rend- fully illustrating uh, the one of the one of the female characters' vaginas. Because she has like a whole conversation with it when she's like learning about herself and her sexuality, right? And like puberty is going through, right? There like there are dicks. There are more there are a lot of dicks in the in the show. Uh, and so people have gotten very mad about that and everything, but it's just God, it's so funny. Uh like one of the characters is haunted by what's called like the hormone monster, which is just kind of like a <coughs> like an imaginary personification for like, all of the the things, like, the shitty things that your hormones make you do when, when you go through puberty, right? It's just, God, it's so funny. Jay, um, no, I'm sorry, not Jay. What's the guy's name? Uh, Jason, uh, God, Mazzoukis has a character, and he's hilarious. Uh, he's kind of one of, like, the steal-the-show kind of, uh, kind of characters, it's just, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just really good. It's just really funny. Uh, I'm glad that people actually, like, I'm glad that people like it. I think Nick Kroll is hilarious. The Kroll Show, uh, which is, was his kind of, like, sketch comedy, but not even, but, like, better than every other sketch comedy show out there. Yes, even Chappelle show. Um, uh, got, you know, he he, le- he left it, actually. Like, they, they got a renewal, and he was like, no, I want to end it on the third season. And then he went on to do this, and I think he's just, like, one of, like, the fucking... He's, like, the comic geniuses of our time. He's, like, one of those guys.
0: Yeah, I, I like Dickroll a lot. I just, honestly, the the kind of, like, animation style I've seen of Big Mouth, like, and like it's kind of like the visual style, just, I don't like it. It bothers me a lot. So I, I was going to give it a pass on that, but maybe, maybe I'll try and sit through it and see if I can. If I can yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, the animation is, is really not very good. I agree. No, um, I
0: mean, I'm not even going to talk about the quality. I just, I just don't like the style.
1: No, I, that's, yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. I just don't think the style is... Uh, like, I, I, I don't even th- – there are aspects of it that I think are um, – uh, there are aspects of it that I think are kind of cool or neat. Like, for instance, all of the characters have an eye color, um, and they actually give them irises, which is nice. And uh, not something that you see in animation uh, all that often or whatever. And I'm sure I could point out, like, small details like that. But overall, like, that style really wasn't for me. It was just because it was funny and well – and, you know, like, well-acted.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like the eyes and the lips really, like just kind of looking at it, and the, like the proportions. Just it, it, I just don't like it. Um, I don't know. I'll try. I'll I'll try and give it a shot though.
1: Yeah, when it comes to games, um, uh, I have been playing mostly Total War, uh, Warhammer. My Total War Warhammer Saga. Um, well, it depends on whether or not we're gonna actually sit down and like do a whole episode on it, which I would love to do. I already have thirty hours. Um, uh, in about ten. Well. Ten, twelve, two weeks. And so I've, so I really haven't played as much as I thought. But um, in that time, I've played uh, Skaven, High Elves, and um, Lizardmen. I got the farthest with Lizardmen. Uh, it's really, it is really challenging, kind of a lot of my typical assumptions and um, like methodology for playing Total War games, um, which is, which I find very interesting. Um, like probably one of the cool things about Total War Warhammer two is that like the the win conditions are like the wind condition is timed and it's a race, right? Like you want to beat the you know, like you want to get through the Vortex stuff before anybody like the Vortex rituals before anybody else gets through the Vortex rituals. So you have to be much more aggressive, um and you don't have time to wait on things like you know, even things like sieges, you know what I mean? You just don't have time for that shit. Um in Total War, Warhammer 2. You just, you have to, you have to go, it feels like. Um, and you have to, you have to, like, go to war proactively, expand proactively, right? Like, I basically got destroyed in my Skaven campaign because I was playing Skaven uh, both, like, tactically on the battlefield, like I play other races, um, and uh, uh, strategically on the campaign map. Uh, like, I like I kind of defaulted, my very first game was with Clan Wars of the Skaven, um, and they just required just a dramatically different play style and I wasn't uh, and I wasn't able to kind of transition myself um, I wasn't able to transition myself in time. And that's always been true of Total War. Like my favorite thing about Total War Warhammer actually is that because they embraced the magical elements and the kind of fantasy nature of the warfare, they were able to kind of get away from a lot of the aspects of um, what I felt like happened in Total War. Uh, like the historical total wars, right, which are kind of handcuffed a little bit, and you can't get more, uh, uh, you can't encourage as different playstyles with the different right. factions because you also kind of have to be historically accurate to a certain extent. Um, what what they have uh, what they have done is they have created, uh, you know, like four new races that dr- that ask you to play them differently, right? When you play the Empire, when you play Dwarves, or when you play Greenskins, those are all asking you to play in different ways, right? Um, and Warhammer has always asked you to play in those kinds of different ways, and I, 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 sur- I kind of thought that maybe War Warhammer Two, you know, you might have the Dark Elves who play a lot like Vamp Counts, and you might have the High Elves who play a lot like Empire sort of thing, but no, all four of the races play just in radically different ways, um, which I think is <sighs> neat. I think that's really neat, and I think that's really cool and special, and I love this game, and it's really good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to putting some more time into it. Yeah, maybe
1: we oh. we will actually do our like long, you know, long-awaited co-op uh co-op yeah. game.
0: I think we should do that whenever they release the 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 the, the big map, the, the full map. Um do you know when that's coming? Uh no. I am god, I want it
1: so bad. It's it it has a name now. It is called The Mortal Empires. Um um and uh, they they have talked about it a little bit. It will be the first piece of free DLC to come out, um, which is you know good. It, the first piece yeah. of any DLC to come out, which is which is good. So I imagine that'll be in like two months or so. Like if, if it comes out around Christmas, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that's kind of in line. With yeah, makes other, You know, with other things, uh, they have talked publicly. Um, uh, they've talked publicly about it being more challenging to incorporate. The, you know, like the two maps can't be stitched together um because of certain like they, they they've just talked about it that like you know even though this was the goal for the entire time it was much more difficult than they initially thought which is the reason that it, it wasn't released with the game right uh, right up front sort of thing um and they've also talked about doing a lot of um kind of balance and changes and updates Uh, to the old world empires right like they're going to be incorporating a lot of new stuff that they do in warhammer to the old stuff uh that they did in warhammer one i think the easiest way that you could kind of get to this is like the agents are 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 much more kind of like streamlined and efficient um in terms of how they display their effectiveness and what they do in total war warhammer two compared to total war warhammer one um and uh, and I expect that that will uh, that, that will carry over to the old, um, that will carry over to the old empires, right? Uh, and that those kinds of things will be will be old changes. They've also talked
0: about adding rights. Have you done rights yet? Um, I did, like so so like the the ones that that you just like pay a bunch of gold or slaves and you get like an effect yeah 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 I, I i did one of them for the lizard man it's the one it gives you like combat buffs yeah um you just like hit a button and like uh the yellow the wheel appears on screen and it makes a sound effect it's like ah, oh, you got some effects
1: yeah like they've talked about uh whether or not um right you know like they were talking about going back and adding rights to all of the old world empires um and, uh, but they were also talking about maybe rights are something that should only be in the eye of the vortex campaign. You know, like all that stuff is, is kind of like up in the air, yeah, but yeah. I'm super into it. I'm super down. Everybody should buy it. It's super good.
0: Oh, I'm excited. Uh, uh good. Do we have anything else that we wanted to talk about? Uh, I do not think so. I do not think so. Well, in that case, if you want to tell us what you thought of Blade Runner 2049, um, or the original Blade Runner, or anything we talked about on today's show, you can reach us at at games.com or at gmail.com. You can uh, uh, find us on Twitter. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash games, You can uh, like, rate, and subscribe to us on all sorts of different uh, sites. All the links are going to be in the description. Leave comments. We love them. Send us emails. We love it. Um, I think that's it. But did you have anything else that you wanted to promote?
1: I had nothing else that I was looking to promote.
0: In that case, until next time, dear listeners.
1: Until next time, loyal listeners.